Welcome to 2021. Welcome back to the Stall Warning Podcast. My name is Ponchito Ojeda. Alongside me is John Murray. John, how are you doing today? Good. Feels good to be back. I mean, uh, the music gets me going. I know. I thought about letting it play for a little bit longer, but then <laughs> too excited. Too excited. So, uh, yeah, just like everyone else, we are stoked to be moving on from 2020, the uh, worst year in our uh, living history. Uh, I, I think some would argue there's other years that were worse than that. But uh, in my lifetime, the worst year. Uh, and the pandemic certainly is a bummer. But we're pumped to be moving into 2021. And with that, we're back to talk all things lacrosse. Um, so before we get rolling here, Coach, let me just go over a couple of logistics here. Uh, if you are a new listener or a returning listener, click subscribe button in the Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and review us so we can keep bringing you great content. And then we also want to let you know that we're going to be coming out with some coaching content on this feed. So to be sure to check that stuff out as it comes out. Um, designed specifically for coaches and parents uh, of players so you can keep up with the game and kind of know what's coming. And it's uh, it's great stuff. And it's all in these sort of 15-minute chunks. So I think you guys will love it. Um, but enough of that. Let's, let's talk about lacrosse. And, you know, we can't really start until we talk about Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts or whatever you celebrate. Uh, John and I both celebrate Christmas. So we'll talk about that. John, what was your best lacrosse Christmas gift? So my best lacrosse Christmas gift was definitely in high school. So at the high school I went to, they had um, different colored helmets for uh, freshmen and varsity, like freshman JV and varsity. So your first few years, you wore a white helmet. And then when you finally made the team on varsity, you got a blue helmet. So like my goal all like once I arrived at school was to earn that blue helmet. And sure. junior year, I finally got one. Um, my parents got it for me. Um, and, you know, underneath the Christmas tree, there's this big box. I'm like super excited. I'm wrapping through it. I open it up and it's the blue helmet that my parents bought me five months ago. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. I mean, I appreciate this, but this isn't this isn't something new. Um, but nonetheless, was super, super excited for that that helmet. Good lesson, humility, right? <laughs> yeah, my parents love that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I will uh, pull back the curtain on what happens here at the Hayda uh, household, but uh, we gave our daughter and our son, both of them received uh, gifts of need, many gifts of need. So uh, there's not a lot of stuff that they get that's just new toys. It's like, oh, you need a new backpack or you need water bottles. That's what you get for Christmas. And uh, same idea, right? Like, it's just kind of a, I think it's a good responsibility lesson for young people. Uh, not super fun as a kid though, right? No. <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't have a great story like that, but uh, I will say the best gift this year was uh, I went and got uh, some Hokie lacrosse shirts for all of my family, courtesy of my, our friends over at Sling It Lacrosse. Um, and they, they're pretty wicked cool. So I'll post a picture on Instagram at some point here in the spring. I got to rep the brand. Um, yeah, of all those, all, all my family repping the same shirt. It looks wicked cool. And oh my gosh, all the cousins, there's seven kids under seven, all wearing this uh, little Hokies lacrosse shirt. It's, Hokies got it's the our, great colors. I mean, it sticks out. No one's got that like burnt orange that Tech has. It's nice. No. The closest thing is sort of the, uh, is Texas, but you know, they, they can't hold a, 
a candle to what we got going over here in Blacksburg. So, um, you know, but it's cool. Yeah, I love it. So, and we did it black with white on on black, uh, or excuse me, orange with white on a black uh, fabric. So it looks pretty sick. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Christmas uh, out of the way, and now here we are in uh, in the new year. And probably the biggest news that dropped uh, in the fall was was right at the New Year Eve. Uh, I think it was December thirtieth that dropped was the PLL and MLL merged. Yeah, that was so. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people saw this coming. I mean, Kyle Devitt's been talking about it for a while that it has to happen for the success of pro lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think some of us thought it might be a bit longer before that happened. It seemed like there was some too much bad blood. But, you know, let's talk about the pros and cons of this. And uh, and I'll kind of start here and sort of what I, what I thought. We can talk about your thoughts. But, you know, I don't think there's any cons to this. I think that ultimately for pro lacrosse to succeed, there has to be just one league. If there was two long-term, it never would have made it. And I think both leagues would have ended up folding. So I think it's, I don't think there's any cons to it. I, I saw a lot of the, the tweets and stuff about uh, the job loss for players. And look, I, that sucks. You know, of course it sucks, but that's just part of business. And I think in the short term, sure, that's a, that's a negative, but I don't think there's a con in terms of like what it meant for the future of the league. I just think it's a con for the, those players that might not make it, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like overall, this is a huge, huge positive for the pro game and you know the sport in general. But I do think they could have you know expanded if just one team for a whole league um, when you're emerging. I think was a little short. I think there's there's a lot of talent in the game right now that could have sustained uh, like two two more teams maybe. Um, and I don't think it would have sacrificed it too much um but yeah i mean i think it's it's a great step and i'm really excited for um the new uh pll season for sure yeah i mean just to play devil's advocate to that i think that the the idea of expanding to one team get creates eight total teams um i don't think that 10 was be sustainable i think that's the problem i think eight is a sustainable number 10 is too many i as much talent as we say there is and there is a lot of talent don't get me wrong but it's just not at that pro level, there becomes the drop off from the best player on the team to the, to the worst player on the team is is more significant than we want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. In my opinion, I think eight was perfect. Uh, I think it sort of trimmed some of the the fat. I also think that it could lead to potentially larger roster sizes, which I would be in favor of to create more competition on each team and allow players to you know sort of compete as practice players and scout teams and stuff like that. But you know, I don't know, maybe that's too much thinking there. So I like the idea of eight. I know you like 10 or more, but I think eight's the right way to go. So, um, yeah. Uh, what are some of the pros you think? Well, I mean, the, the immediate pro is the exposure for the MLL players. I mean, you really, I mean, the MLL had a, had a postseason this summer, but it was hard to find um, the games to watch. You were able to find the highlights on, you know, online pretty easily because there were some pretty good highlights. But um, finally getting to go those guys play every week um, is going to be awesome. Just the the, P- the PLL brings so much more exposure to the game than the MLL ever did. Yeah, the PLL has definitely worked out the kinks in terms of the social media platform and sort of how to navigate that that area and be successful in sort of promoting the league. And they've done some really good stuff in terms of marketing to be successful. And that's, you know, 
I think Paul Rabel and Mike Rabel have a great handle on what that is. And RJ and some of those guys are really, really good at what they do. So that's for sure. I, you know, I, I think that another pro is just, uh, I think the game will be better. I mean, the game is not better when Lyle Thompson does not play in the PLL. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, the best MLL players coming over will make the game better. Mm-hmm. I also think that it will create a stronger competition for players to be on the field playing, which I think ultimately leads to better performance of players in practice and then leads to better games and yeah. more competitive games and you know, all all the things you talk about, right? Competition breeds success. So Yeah, that um draft drafting will be a lot easier for the teams, you know, teams won't waste a draft pick on a guy who will play in another league. Um so I think that's, you know, ultimately going to really help the PLL. Yeah, I mean, think about the Jeff Teat situation, right? So, you know, they take a risk, they ref, they draft Jeff Teat to play and then he goes back to Cornell. I mean, all of a sudden now you're not doing that because you're like, well, you know, maybe I just don't need him yeah. this year. I can just wait. Or the the Michael so. Kraus, you know, going two overall, um, right, and just choosing another league, and you just blew your number two overall pick on it. It's tough. So, do you think the Water Dogs get Michael Kraus then when they assign rosters? Because uh, did you find out how that's how they're doing that? I was talking to my brother about it. Have they announced how they're gonna do the expansion? I haven't looked yet. Yeah, so we were we were talking about it. Um, he was kind of on the idea that they would do like the Water Dogs type expansion draft within the PLL, and then do the expansion draft with the MLL players. And I wasn't really sure how that would look if they did that. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say anything in the yeah. press release about that, or if they just do and... it straight like MLL All Star team for this eighth team, but. You know, that's a lot of talent in them all going to one team. Yeah, I mean, they said that details were being asked regarding the 2020, 2021 expansion draft. So I imagine they'll just do it that way. Mm-hmm. And just put all of the MLL players into the expansion pool. You know? Mm-hmm. And and they probably won't have to... Well, all the Boston Cannons players or the Boston Lacrosse Club now will probably just stay on that team and then they'll take all the other guys and put them into a, into a pool. But we'll see. So we'll see what happens. Well, speaking of that, I mean, I think this segues perfectly into one of the things we were talking about, and perhaps the uh, the biggest concern both of us have is, you know, the PLL is still currently owning all the teams, and they operate each team. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I I don't really like it. Um, I just remember I don't know how big of a basketball fan you are, but when the NBA uh, owned the New Orleans Hornets. They vetoed. Yeah, they blocked, yeah, they they blocked that trade, and it's like, it's like what? Like the league is doing that, and then there's like no transparency, and like the PLL, it's like it's tough to know like all the behind the scenes stuff and the drafting and the trading. It's like, you know, it's not a GM. There's no face to it. It's just the league doing it. And I don't, I don't really like that. I would really like to see the teams go to like a GM. Or like a front office running and operating the team and making all the decisions. Like I'm still not really sure who does the trading for the PLL, like the Jules Hennenberg trade. Like was that coaches doing that? Like how does how does any of that work if the league operates every team? Yeah, I mean it sounds like it seems like in the drafting situation that all the coaches draft their players. 
you know, I don't know if they sit in a room and, and have a conversation with the league about yeah. what's going to happen there. Yeah. Like how that they, works. Are they scouting the players? There's no, you know, there's no PLL combine. Um, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I think this is sort of like some of the growing pains of lacrosse, right? You have to figure out how that's going to work and uh, how the league will function in that capacity. But I think the biggest concern I have is just, you know, when the league is in charge, you know, I think about the, the reference you made with the Chris Paul trade. You know, it's like the league was like, the NBA was like, hey, Clippers, you've been terrible for a long time and uh, we want you to continue to be bad. Yeah. So, and we don't want the Lakers to be relevant for some reason. Right, exactly. It was like so weird. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of hated that thing. So I agree with you. I think it's a big, it's a big conundrum for the league. And I don't know, what do you think, how do you think they move forward from that? Do you think say just give GM power to the coaches or do you think they look for creating full phone offices or what? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think GMs are the way to go. I think you, um, I mean, if they, if they really want to be a league and you know, they contracts, drafting, um, player trades, coach hiring and firing all that stuff, like it's gotta have a front office and it's only one front office operating all, eight teams it's i i don't like it yeah it definitely creates a conflict of interest because i mean ultimately like if you you know you, you can't just cut someone you know you cut someone from one team might be good for the other team and you know how do you decide what the right decision is for each team so mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's bad yeah. but uh it also kind of leads us to the question right do you think that they will go to city-based teams or do you think they're going to stay with this kind of tour model I think they're going to try to make the tour model work. I still think eight teams is small enough to do it. Um, obviously, if they expand further, it's going to be a lot of money getting these guys across the country all the time. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I mean, I like the tour model. I think it's good for the sport. I don't know if it's good for the league. So it's kind of difficult to balance that out. Yeah. I. I think it's going to create difficulties of creating loyal fan bases long term. You know, it's going to be sort of like the PLL is exciting and sort of was the hot shiny ticket, and they made some changes that were awesome. You know, I think the the um, shorter field, the a little bit faster shot clock. I think the way they run the four quarters running time. I think those are all efficient yeah. decisions so, that were. Yeah, I just had the idea pop in my head. So, what if they did the tour base, but they had two sites every week. So they had four teams. Sure, kind of east yeah, and west. split it up. Yeah, and they cover more ground. Um, and, you know, they might revisit sites. So I thought that was another thing. It's like, you might be in, like, the hotbed. Like, they played Homewood Field once. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I like that idea. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, I like the idea of being able to move around because, you know, right now there's not enough. I mean, if you think about pro baseball or pro football, right, or even pro or NBA, they have like 30 teams, you know, so we don't, lacrosse can't sustain that. So at eight teams, moving around a little bit and having some tour concepts is good, but, you know, maybe having some sort of like home bases in terms of, you know, if you created two divisions, an East and a West division, and you put the... The, the four teams in each, you sort of have like 
divisional play and then crossover divisional play and yeah. you can sort of have different teams going to... yeah exactly and then it sort of sets up playoffs well too in terms of you know if you want to take you know i think this past year they all seven teams make it right they because they it's a tour model mm-hmm. kind of makes sense to work play yeah i mean you could do the same thing. you could have the first round of playoffs interdivisional right and have all the west teams play the west teams east teams play the east teams and kind of come together for that final four concept or yeah. or something like that i think you could do which would be cool you know yeah, and pll if you're listening you want to pay us for our ideas we're open we'll solve all <laughs> we'll solve all your issues yeah i'm sure i'm sure paul's gonna give me a call right after yeah. this podcast and <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah that's great so I, i'm excited for it. i think it's a really good uh really good thing and yeah, hopefully we're cleared out for the summer and we can get a full league and not uh, lacrosse island. Yeah, yeah, gosh, gosh, willing. So, um, awesome, man. Well, hey, we're we're uh, committed to these to keeping these episodes relatively short, letting people listen and uh, and get in, get out, and all that stuff. You have any any other thoughts you want to share or New Year's resolution you want to share with the uh, with the community? No, just excited for season two. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will share a news resolution that I have. Uh, I post on my personal Instagram, but it's also oh, yeah. a good one for everybody. And that is, uh, I have given up watching TV except for live sports. Um, and instead we'll play a game, pick up a book, work on a project. Uh, I'd encourage all the rest of you to do the same. Although I, I know I'm going to struggle with this. I don't know. Have you ever watched the 100? The 100? No. It's on Netflix. I guess yeah. it was on CW. A while it's a i'm, it's a I'm familiar with it yeah okay i i freaking love it and we're only on like season three and there's seven seasons so this may be a short-lived uh i thought you i thought you were gonna talk about the running because i looked at that and i was like that is crazy oh that's cool yeah i can show that one so uh my wife got me for christmas this run 2021 miles in 2021 and uh so she and i are splitting that up and, and doing it together i think uh I think I'll probably end up running around 1,500 and she'll run around five. So five days in, how many miles you got? Uh, well, I haven't done my run yet today. So the three today, I think I'll be at 15 miles for the week. Damn. So I'm doing okay. I did Damn. I did about seven miles last year. Um, so I'm going to about double that this year. We'll see if I can do that without getting injured. That's the, that's the big question. So Ponch is going to be the fittest coach alive. Come springtime, you gonna run with the team at all? No, no, no. Those guys would smoke me. <laughs> uh, I, but I will run enough to pass the run test. I always make sure I can pass the run test because that's uh, then there's no excuses, right? If if I'm if an old guy can do it, then you can do it. So that's uh, that's kind of my motto. So uh, awesome. Well, thanks a lot, John. It was really good to have you. Good to be back and. Uh, for all of you guys listening, thanks for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe uh, to the pod on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can call us on Instagram at 101 underscore LAX or on Twitter and Facebook at 101 across. Until next week, see ya. <laughs>